Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Shaving it back even more, I, th- I believe. The, oh, the beard. The face. I see your face. Yeah, this is good podcasting content. I had a reading last night Ooh. for a, um, a film script. Ooh. I believe they call those a screenplay. <laughs> and uh, I'm not really a film person. I, I know you probably know that. I mean, for like acting purposes, I'm more much more of a theater actor. I've, I've mm-hmm. basically only done theater. Mm-hmm. But I read the character description and the character is 10 years older than me. So out of spite, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way to that's get ahead true. in this industry. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I think I just look better like this. Uh, this is what my old headshot looked like. I like it. I like it this length. Yeah, it's cute. You look good. Thank you. Yeah. It still hides my double chin, but doesn't make me look like a homeless man. And that's really all we want in this world. You know what I mean? That's all we're looking for. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been thinking about trimming this back myself, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's pointing to his crotch for yep. everyone listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a real rainforest down there, and I need to you know, just <laughs> fix it up. It needs to be less Amazon and, you know, more desert. I, I gotcha. A friend of ours texted us the other day and was like, oh, this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and said like, oh, Andrew cut his hair super short and shaved his beard. And I guess she I, I don't know what she looks like now. She I, I looked on Facebook. I don't know. What she, I don't but know what she, she said, looks like. you know, oh, I found this picture from, you know, when my my hair and Andrew's hair was super different. And uh, I don't I don't know what her hair looks like now. But I was like, Chris looks exactly the same. I do. I do. I looked at it. Weirdly enough, at this moment, my hair is the exact same length, too. Yeah. Like, it just happens to be you caught it at just the right time. I mean, time it also doesn't get much longer than that or much shorter than that. No, I'll trim it back, but it I'll get, yeah. you know, I like to cut it a little short sometimes. But Have you ever thought about just like doing what I do just once and just seeing what happens? Just like letting it all just go. Just letting it all go. Just eating yeah. Taco Bell three meals a day and just let That's it all hang out. That's not what I meant. Oh, you meant the hair in the face? Yeah. Oh, I thought the Taco Bell helped that. I thought, doesn't the nacho cheese grease the hair out of the pores? I mean, it does put hair on your chest. Yeah, it does. And actually on your crotch, too. <laughs> oh, good. And well, probably in your butt. Well, I mean, something. Anyway, I think I tried it once. I, I forget if I've told you this. I tried Taco it. Bell. Yep. Well, all right. Two things. I've done this on two different occasions. All right. There was a summer uh, back in my lost wayward youth when I was like, I'm going to grow my hair out. Basically, what happened was like. It was like, I think it was during like the Pirates of the Caribbean. So Johnny Depp was very big. All right. And uh, he had he had that cool looking like, you know, he has the like sh- the shoulder length, like cool looking hair. He does. He can run his dress through. It does the flip. No, not he's the got dre- the dreads. No, not sorry. Not in the movie. I'm saying oh, in oh, real life. In he has that cool looking hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I want that. I want I'm going to grow my I want hair the grease. to that. I want the grease. Yeah, so I went to Taco Bell. Yeah, that's um, where they have it. That's where <laughs> They'll just at. give it to you. Yeah, man, they got vats of it. But I was like, I'm going to grow my hair out like that. Problem is, my hair doesn't do that. My hair doesn't grow long, and then you can put it back. My grow, my hair grows at an even rate all over, so I get less Johnny Depp and more Han Solo. Like, I get, like, a big old helmet, and it just was bad. Like I, I did it for three months straight where I didn't get it was terrible. It was awful. It's just it just three months. Everywhere. Chris, what? Three months. What? 
What's the problem with three months? That's not letting it go. <laughs> no, no, no. But I could see after three months that this was not going in the direction I want it to go. Like, I could tell. I promise it would have been. It's, you got to cross the desert. Oh, no. There is no cross in the desert here. All right. It's All just right. Trust me. I don't agree with you. I think everyone's hair gets to an awkward point and then it turns into like shoulder length. Mm, I had it past the awkward point. Let me just let me say. Uh, let me just I disagree. Uh, From what you've told me, tell, I don't I'm think it's right 3 months. I'm telling you right My now. My god. There was another summer. This was actually when we were in school. It was between our second and third year of school. You may have seen me like this. I didn't shave the entire summer. I just kept growing this thing out. I have no like memory of this. A very homeless length. We did a show together where I had to step in. Remember when I had to step into that show? I mean, yeah, but we only saw each other for like one day. Right. So I'm like, so I, you may remember, remember this or you may not. Yeah. But I disappeared for the summer from everyone. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. It was a really weird thing that I did. Now, I, I like borderline. You did it a lot too, man. It's that, it wasn't just that summer. You would just like drop off the face of the planet, right? But I like I fully for three months straight. I I this is a borderline psychotic move. I think I I we hit the last day of school. I stopped shaving. I grew this out for three months straight. Right. Didn't see anyone in school. Didn't see any of our friends except for that like two days that we that I had to step into a show. Didn't see anyone. Grew my beard to like like a length like your beard used to be. Then right before the first day of school, before everyone would have seen it, shaved it. <laughs> no one ever saw this. Why did except I do this? A single audience. <laughs> yeah. No one ever so just. I, like we hit. So wait, so did you had that beard to play a high schooler? Yes, that can't be right. Nope, hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. I forgot. I, yes, yeah. She didn't say anything. I don't remember her telling me to shave. I don't remember that. But I, I grew it. It was a full. You know, it's crazy. That's the exact same story of the first time I ever grew my beard out. But I did it. <laughs> the difference is that I did it in high school. Right. <laughs> Uh, sophomore year, last day, I just stopped shaving yeah. and was like, I wonder what's going to happen. And you never shaved again. Yeah, I, that's basically true. Yeah. Except all the times that I have. Mm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. You want to start the show? I don't know. We haven't said anything funny yet. I mean, and we're not going to start now, so we might as well get on with this thing. All right, I guess. to the media lunch break bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and grow a full beard my name is chris trebel alongside me as always is my co-host andrew dunn say hello andrew oh uh hi this is so unexpected that's a lovely <laughs> bit you just did there we, i think we should do that all the time <laughs> yeah that'll should never do, get old should we always just act like you didn't expect uh, you didn't expect <laughs> what a surprise. Oh my goodness. Do I talk into the microphone? Do I look at the camera? What, how do I, sorry, I'm just so unprepared. I mean, that part is true. You talk into the camera and you look at the microphone the whole time. 
<laughs> I'll do my best. Should we get right into this? I guess. Let's. I'm I'm so nervous that this is going to be a long episode. Well, then then we should definitely get into this, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, Andrew, hmm? today we are talking about quite the mystery. Glass Onion came out on Netflix well a little while yeah. ago, but it's a it's about time that we talk about it. Also, I I know like there was some concern that this has been out for a while and it's maybe old. I feel like it's still people are still finding this, but also it's enough time with a movie like this. I'm like, let's give it some space for people to see it because we are going to spoil the shit out of this. And this is a old style yes murder mystery. It's like very you, complicated. If you're going to spoil it. Yeah, as and well. so if you're gonna spoil it, like let's give everybody enough chance to really see it. And yeah, see it once a few you times, hear it, you maybe. Yeah, because once you hear what the end is, it's like you can't unhear what the end well, is. Well, and also, frankly, you have to. You like, I immediately was like, "Wait a minute, I got to go back and watch this again." <laughs> right, 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 right. So, how many times did you watch it? One and a half. Okay. All right. That's a good that's a good after the reading last night. The reading took place in L.A. So they zoomed me in. It was in L.A. at six. So for me, it was nine p.m. I thought you were going to say you flew to L.A. and flew back. again. I did. I mean, I I, I offered I offered, but uh, uh, but they didn't. They said, no, 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 no. We don't want you to be here in the room with us. For God's sakes, know your showering habits. But I did uh, zoom in at nine. And it went two and a half, three hours because there was like a talking thing afterwards. So right. then it was midnight and then I watched the movie. <laughs> oh, whoa. So I got done at about 2.30 last night. Whoa. Got up today around 7 mm-hmm. and then sort of skimmed through it as I was taking notes because there were a few things I wanted <gasps> to double check, see how they did it and that sort of thing. What'd you gasp about? Uh, sorry, I'm, I just realized since we're talking about Glass Onion. So as of this recording... The Golden Globes happened a week ago, but while we're recording, it's going on right now. So I was like, oh, Glass Onion is up for two Golden Globes. Maybe I should just make sure as we're talking, like if it wins a Golden Globe or two. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I also um, gasped because Ki uh, Huang, Ki, um, I'm not, I can't pronounce his name. Nope. From uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Short round. Oh, won a Golden Globe. <laughs> it's like calling Dwayne Johnson the rock. I mean, he is. <laughs> I'm going to give it my best shot. Ki Hua Quan. I just have to slow down a little bit. Yeah. But he just, he won a Golden Globe. Anyway, that's not the point. That's not the conversation we're having right now. And by the time this comes out, nobody cares. So, Glass Onion, go for it, Andrew. Take us into this. I will. Glass Onion is the hottest new movie on Netflix right now, and it has everything. Murder. Mystery. The worst computer-generated car that I have ever seen. Intrigue. Five and a half actors that Marvel let Ryan Johnson borrow. One of them while literally on his one free day between shooting. Action. Cucks. People in glass houses who throw stones. Daryl. Allergies. And most importantly, Kate Hudson, 15-year-old me's celebrity crush. Chris. What did you think of this movie? I actually enjoyed it. I I did enjoy it. It is, like I've said before, and I'll probably say throughout this, this is like an old school murder mystery, and it's fun to get into those because if for nothing else, it's a nice alternative to everything else that we tend to watch. Like, there's not... I mean, 
spoilers for Glass Onion, there's one giant explosion. But for the most part, there's not like giant explosions every five seconds and people just punching each other. Like, it's a fun ride. I like all the characters in this. I mean, I don't like all the characters, but I like the characters <laughs> in this. I have fun with them. And I like hanging out with them. At first, I saw the running time because it's like 210 or something. It's a little yeah, long. Yeah, it's 216. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be. But I was like down for it. about, you know, half an hour in. I was like, you know what? It really can't be any shorter. No, it can't. And also, I'm like, I I don't care about the length. Like, you know, that's um, what they all say. But I don't know. I know that's that's an urban legend. But um, to be honest with you, the murder mystery I'll start this off as spoiler free as I can. The real murder mystery doesn't start until about halfway through the movie. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I was, you know, part of me, you know, again, halfway in, I was like, when are we going to get to the murder? And then 35 minutes and I was like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care when we get to the murder. I like these. I like hanging out with these people. Well, and I was fairly confident as well. I mean, part of the thing I've seen Ryan Johnson saying in an interview that the last movie, the first movie, Knives Out, is told through the perspective of the young woman. I don't remember the character or the actor's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this one is very clearly told through the perspective of Blanc, Daniel Craig's character, which may explain sort of that first 35 minutes because he is taking in who these characters are. Everything. Yeah, yeah. The events, what they're wearing, what they're saying. And I think if you go into this knowing that it's a murder mystery, there's a good chance that you'll be doing the exact same thing. That That's what I was doing. I was like, listening. Yeah. okay, what's this? Who's that? Okay, he's got a gun. Oh, that's going to be a thing. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows? You know? Yeah. And also, like, the characterization that happens with, like, I don't know, like their masks and stuff and their costumes. It really gives you a good deep dive of like who these people are. Right. Which is really cool. Like not just for the sake of like solving a mystery, but just for the fact of just for storytelling purposes, it's really interesting and, and it yeah. helps it go by very quickly. Yeah, yeah. By the way, just before we get into this, two things. One, did you enjoy this movie? I really liked this movie. Excellent. Had you seen the first one before? I don't know if we've ever talked about the first Knives Out. Uh, that's a good point. I don't know that we have. I did. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Melinda did not like it. OK, um, but I really enjoyed it. But I uh, I literally saw it the week it came out and I don't rem- I remember obviously the ending. Right. And that's about it. Yeah, that's and that's the one thing about these movies that I hate is that <laughs> because they're all about the ending. Once you kind of know the ending, you're like, all right, do I, should I watch this again? I kind of feel like this, this one, one isn't I all could, about the I ending, agree though. with you. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. The first one I have not seen since the first time I saw it because I was like, all right, well, I know what the ending is. And so I guess maybe on a second viewing, you could start to go back and put the clues together a little more and just kind of play along with it. But after maybe one or two viewings, you're like, one of my I know how this goes. This one, yeah. I was like, I could watch this again. The ending is for me. And again, I'll, I'll try this as spoiler free for the moment as possible. It is both surprising and kind of predictable at the same time where I, I watched it. and I was like, oh, it's probably going to go this way. And then it veers you in many different directions off of that path. And then puts you right back on that path again, like right at the very end. Do you know what I mean? I frequently found myself being like, oh, oh it's going to be this. 
And then being totally wrong. Yeah. I don't think I got a single prediction right at any point in this film. Really? Which, like, I'm hesitant to even say, because if someone had said that to me, I don't know, maybe I would have been able to figure out more stuff. Right. But uh, I definitely went in thinking that I knew how a lot of things happened, and I was wrong every single time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cast is great in this. Really good. I loved every... Like I said before, I kind of loved everyone. Yeah, and in fact... Actually, I'll save that note for spoilers, because I don't want to say too much more. But yeah, the cast is excellent. Yeah, the cast is excellent. It looks amazing. Like, it's just stylish as all hell. I mean, both of them are. They they both... Like, the actors do a good job of making their characters unique. Obviously, the direction has a part of that as well. And Mm -hmm. the the costuming. You know, there's a lot of stuff like the fact that Catherine Hahn's character is... She wears, like, all beige all the time. And, like, they're very distinct in their outfit choices. I love Benoit Blanc's sense of style. Yeah. I I do love it. Yeah. I like his little linen swimming suit. Mm-hmm. Like a full like full top. I was like, oh, I want to get one of those. Yeah. I could go with one of those. I want to add as well, uh, two things I want to say is one, it's a sh- I actually I'll I'll turn this into one note, okay. which is Ryan Johnson is quickly becoming one of my top favorite directors. Yep. Which I didn't really foresee happening. But like every time I see stuff that he's done, it's just a home run. And every time I see him talk about it, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much attention to detail in his films. Yeah. It's a shame that he did not do the Orient Star Express Wars movie. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. But the Orient yeah. Express the films. Poor, uh, yeah. 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 It's because uh, yeah. I saw that first one in theaters and I was like. Yeah, all right. But I feel like if Ryan Johnson had been the one to do it. Yeah, I think he's doing this as kind of a response to that. Yeah. I think he's doing this as like, I mean, this has always kind of been up his alley. If you've ever seen this feels be- a little bit. Speaking of Star Wars, it feels a little bit like, oh, I can't do what What was it? What was it that Flash Gordon? Is that what Lucas wanted to do? So he did Star Wars instead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah, can't it feels do a little bit like that film. So I'll do this. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Brick? No, it's movie. like the one that keeps it's, coming up when I look up Ryan Johnson and I, I've heard amazing great. things. It's really, really great. I yeah. mean, it's really fantastic. But this is. Yeah, I, I, I love this. And I, I think he is one of these filmmakers who you can feel appreciates this genre, but at the same time also is like, well, let's twist it a little bit. Like, I know how it works. And I know the way it's supposed to function. So since I know that, now we play with it. Because this, the the first one, is very much a, it is like a, I don't want to say by the numbers, but it's a by the numbers kind of It's much more by the numbers. Exactly. And this one is like, yeah, we did that. So let's do, let's take you on a different ride. You think you're on one ride. Yeah. And you're actually on another thing entirely. Uh, which is really refreshing. And on that note as well, I've seen a lot of criticism that this film is like nothing like the first one. Great. To the point that I actually saw an interview with Ryan Johnson where he said he fought with the production company, I guess Netflix, to eliminate or remove the words Knives Out from the the title. And I, I disagree with him. And I disagree with the criticism. Like, I don't I don't I, this to me is a Knives Out sequel. It feels like a, it, it doesn't feel like a completely different movie to me. Right. It feels like the same aesthetic to me, but with different characters. And yes. these different characters happen to be quite a bit more eccentric than the characters in the last film. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I had heard the same thing. And I understand what Netflix is doing from a marketing standpoint, just because like Netflix, uh, Knives Out was a huge hit. 
And so like you need I feel like if it didn't have the name Knives Out on it, I would have been super confused when that same character showed up. Uh yeah, I think so too. I mean, I knew uh, you know, uh, we were we had been following this for a while. So to we knew going in like this was a Knives Out movie. True. But I I agree with you. Like if I just saw a trailer for Glass Onion. Yeah. I might have known that it was a Knives Out thing, but you know, you go in I don't know. I I see I go back and forth. You know, because it is such a very different movie. Well, and also people who maybe don't have because if you only have streaming, right, you're not going to see commercials. True. So like you're just going to have there's some new movie on Netflix called Glass Onion. I don't know. about that. Even people who liked Knives Out, it's like, okay, it's got Daniel Craig in it, I guess. Right. But I don't know anything about this. Skip, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Maybe. I mean, if it was that big a deal to Ryan Johnson as well, like, I mean, it's, you know, hindsight is 2020, but call it like. I don't know, detective, uh, detective Blanc story, parentheses, knives out. Yeah, I I think that's where, see, that's the thing. I <laughs> Glass onion brackets, Benoit Blanc hyphen. Well, no, no. I mean, call the each of the movies sort of like Star Wars. Right. A New Hope. Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back. Like make the names of each movie the the ending of. Right. I don't know the name of a saga. See, I would take it and flip it. I kind of like what you said before about instead of calling it Knives Out, uh, saying it's Knives Out, Glass Onion, a Benoit Blanc mystery. Sure. You know what I mean? Use the character. Yeah. And kudos to Daniel Craig for being able to get out of being James Bond so he could just do basically a... No, I don't want to say a lazy version of James Bond, a but a version of James Bond that he doesn't have to work out eight hours a day for. Yeah, yeah he's, I he's, mean, he still has a franchise. He's also, he's, hang on, he's also still in great shape. Oh, he's in much better shape than either of us are in out of shape. It's kind <laughs> of incredible. As an old man. You see, you see him in the bath, and it, it's like, you can tell he's out of shape for Daniel Craig. Yeah. But, like, I also look, at first I was like, oh, he's kind of out of shape. And then I was like, Chris, you're a moron. Look at that man. <laughs> Those pecs are the size of your face still. Like, it doesn't matter, you idiot. I think that's honestly why they have him, like, his linen bathing suit with a shirt. Yeah. I think that's the only reason that they have him in a shirt like that is that he is no longer in the shape of James Bond. And by the way, I'm not knocking Daniel Craig. The man shouldn't have to be. The man has put in his time. Yeah. He doesn't need to be absolutely cut the way that he was for, for 007. But I think it's weird putting to take your shirt off after seeing him in like Spectre. Sure. And then you're like, oh, oh no. Well, but that's a thing that is, so I want to say this and I, I understand the weight of this and I think that people might disagree with me pretty vehemently, but I think he's an extremely underrated actor. Oh, he's very, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think he's he a is. very underrated actor. Even with all the people in this, who are all putting in their weight. Yeah. I think he carries this film. Oh, he absolutely does. And on top of that, I don't see James Bond anymore, no. which is very helpful. No, the other reason I, I compared to James Bond is that they give him great outfits and they use exotic, beautiful locales. And I was like, oh, you somehow conned your way into getting into a new franchise with an ongoing character built in where you don't have to work out eight hours a day to do this but you get all the benefits of like i'm a movie star i'm gonna get flown to like venice or yeah. fucking well wherever. it sounds like as well i saw an interview with him where stephen colbert asked him about that and he was like oh which one do you like better and he was like oh i like them both equally and uh colbert said something like 
Oh, is the uh, are the producers of the James Bond franchise watching this right now? Is that why you're saying that? And he kind of chuckled and it was very, very it was clear that he was like, I don't really know what to say to this. And Stephen Colbert was like, here, how about you just compare them? Like, what are the differences between them? And, and he said, and this wasn't for a laugh. This wasn't a joke. He said, uh, well, on Knives Out, I, I don't get hurt nearly as much. And that was it. <laughs> yes, yeah, like absolutely. But I was like, yeah. okay, so clearly not as big a fan of filming James Bond because no, what he did a, say, as well as that, he had a fuck ton of fun on the set for this film. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's chewing the scenery in this thing, yeah. and it's and he's getting like all the rewards for it. You know what I mean? And it's they they just let him go. But he is such a. This really does show what an underrated actor he is because he is kind of like. Go, he's going over the top with it, but like just at the right pitch. You know what I mean? Like you could go way big with this character with the, with the accent and everything like that and make it like a cartoon. And he is hitting it like pitch perfect. And then as we start to get into spoilers, but uh, you know, and then when you realize what's really going on in this. Yeah. This is why I could watch this movie again. I was going to bring that up as well, but I was hesitant. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll put it this way and then we'll get into spoilers so that we can really talk about stuff. But what I could watch this movie a second time. Cause re- once you realize what's really going on throughout the whole thing, you watch it again, you go, Oh, he's putting on a performance of a performance for a good portion of this movie. And that in itself is kind of brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the moments where it feels like he is, this is how I would word it in the moments that it feels like there are a couple for me that I was like, it's a little over the top Mm -hmm. by the end. You go, Oh, I get it. That's why. Yep. Yeah. There's reason behind it. Yeah. That's why this is one I could watch again and go like, Oh, okay. Let me see where all the pieces are now. I want to see it now. Let's, should we just start spoiling this? About right fucking away? time. Let's spoil the shit out of this. If you haven't watched this movie yet, get the fuck out of here and go watch it and then come back and listen to it. Cause yeah, I yeah, have yeah. shit to talk about. All right. So I will say this as we get into spoilers right now, cause I'm going to spoil in just a second who dies in this. I did not think that Dave Bautista was the guy that they were investigating the murder for. I did not think Dave Bautista was going to be the dead guy in this. I fully thought it was going to be Edward Norton the whole time. Me too. They made it, they set it up real well. And then all of a sudden Dave Bautista dies and and you're like, oh my God, that's who the murder mystery is about. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. There were a lot of people who were like, especially that sort of thing. We we were talking about earlier about how the first 35 minutes are not a murder mystery. And I was like, well, that's because they have to get Ed Norton in. You know, because he's not going to be in it for very long. Right. Like, I was like, he's, you know, he's got a he's got a, yeah. you know, oh, it's a murder mystery. It's just a game. And then out of nowhere, he's going to take a drink and fall over or and um, he's going to die. Yeah, right. Or the lights are going to go out and they're going to come back on and he's going to have a knife in his back and they're going to be like, oh, it's part right. of the game. And then it isn't, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's it's very clearly setting that up based on your preconceived notions of murder mysteries. Of how this works. I mean, he even sets up the whole premise is that everyone is invited to this private island. Island. These are all friends of Edward Norton. They're invited to this private island because he is arranged for a fun murder mystery weekend and he's going to play out his murder. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, I see. It's going to go real all of a sudden. And then it's going to be, well, which one of his friends killed him and da 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 da. They also, I, I'm putting this together as I'm saying this, but the victim is literally the guy 
who would have been holding the smoking gun in this. Yes. Yep. So they set this character up. They set the victim of the character up in the structure that he is a suspect. They introduce all our characters equally with equal time. What's their backstory? This, that, the other thing. And then they save who should be the victim for last, which should be Edward Norton, like the grand entrance type of thing. And they give Dave Bautista's character an equal amount of time. And he is a gun toting YouTuber. Right. And um, and so you're like, oh, well, that's logical. Like he won't be the guy who killed him, but he will be the guy who's suspected because he has all the guns. And then they off him right away. And you're like, well, now I wait. I don't know where this is going now, because why did we kill that guy? Who would want to kill that guy? Yeah. Why is it centered around him? Yeah. Uh, which is a brilliant turn. When they make it extremely evident that he has a, you see him fire a gun like three times before they even <laughs> start his, the mystery. I love his banana hammock holster. Yeah, it's super obvious that they're they're making you think like, oh, well, the gun's going to be something involved in killing Ed Norton. Yeah, that was a brilliant move that happened. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I had it was one of my visceral reactions to this movie. I was like, I did not see that. Coming. Yeah, that was a brilliant turn. Yeah, it is. Yeah, make the suspect the victim. Especially after Ryan Johnson was like, Dave Bautista's the best actor ever, and it's like he's in this movie for thirty minutes. He's, yeah, but and yet great. Yeah, very good. Really great in this, and he plays. Uh, we made a video about it. Like he plays simple characters really, really well, and he this does. guy is very simple. And I, I made a point in that video. If you head over to our YouTube channel, you can watch it mm-hmm. about saying that he's like. I don't like to use the word stupid when talking about characters. And this guy is a great example. Duke Cody is the character's name because he's not stupid. No. He's simple. There's like a great scene where he's talking to Helen, who's portraying Andy, uh, her sister, and where she's like, somebody tell me the truth. And he's like, I'll do it. I'll be the bad guy. And he's very eloquent and very yeah. honest. But honesty is simple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, he you you're right. I think that's a really good way to put it. He's not stupid. He's absolutely not. Because simple people can make it to the level that he he is at. Yeah. Stupid people can't. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, stupid people will trip somewhere along the way. That, Maybe, uh, because I would also argue that Ed Norton's character in this is very stupid. <laughs> well, no. I would argue that his character is intelligent, but... Not in the way that he, he that he makes himself out to be. I guess. What way is he intelligent? I would say he's cunning. I would not. <laughs> I think I think. He, I mean, that's I think that's where it comes from. I don't think he's. St- well, maybe he's stupid. He's I don't so know. stupid. I don't, and that's made stupid. evident when uh, Blanc is like. It's so dumb. And there's even a He's part like, where you're Kate- an idiot. I love that monologue. Can we just yeah. say I that was brilliant when he's just chewing out at the end when he's just chewing out Edward Norton for how stupid he is. Oh, I know. Well, and even I think this is a different moment. But when he says like he's talking about the pineapple juice and he's like, it's so dumb. And Birdie J played by Kate Hudson goes so dumb. It's genius. And he goes, no, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> ah, I love it. Yeah. I wanted to point out as well to you, speaking of Duke Cody, speaking of Dave Bautista, Uh when you go back and watch it a second time, there are so many little details, Mm -hmm. including you see Ed Norton take his gun. You do. Okay, that's well, see, that's the moment that I really wanted to rewatch again. And I will say this also. Uh, if you haven't seen it again, I'm not sure why you're still listening, but whatever, you know, you do you. Dave Batista is killed because he drinks a drink with pineapple juice, which he's allergic to. 
and you watch him uh you watch an exchange happen where he gets the how he gets the drink which is edward norton hands him a drink and then I don't know if you had this reaction, but then they, when they replay, when they retell the moment, they say that he picked up the wrong drink by accident. They do it so convincingly that I question what I saw. I, di- I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, cause I remember, well, I remember the moment where he hands the, the first time when he handed the drink and I, I semi bumped on it, not of like, oh, I should pay, but just like, oh, that's, Interesting. Like, it's not a thing that I often see in a movie where it's someone like, uh, I don't want to say I I don't often see someone hand someone else a drink in a movie, but like they weren't looking at each other. It was framed in a certain way. But like, I remember visibly noticing. Well, it's so genius, too, because Ed Norton is also during that scene. Ed Norton is like, look, look, look over there. Like while he's handing because Birdie is dancing and he's like, look at Birdie. She's dancing. Everybody look over there while he hands Dave Bautista the drink. It's so goddamn obvious. Yeah. Oh, I know what it was because (laughs) Dave Bautista had a drink on the table. Yes. And then Edward Norton walks over with a drink and hands it to Dave Batista. And the only reason I bumped him was like, oh, he has a drink already. But then later on in the movie, they make it seem that Dave Batista, that Edward Norton put a drink down and Dave Batista picked it up. And they convince you that you didn't see that. If you watch it again, the he is reaching for the drink that's on the table. Mm-hmm. And Ed Norton just puts his drink in front of his hand. Yes, correct. So Dave Bautista isn't looking where he's reaching. He's just reaching to where he thinks the glass is and finds a glass and picks it up and drinks it. No, I, I just I'm just saying I think it's a brilliant move on Ryan Johnson's part to be so like, no, this happened. Mm-hmm. You, the audience member, do not remember this correctly. Yeah. And just ball and just went with it and was like nope if we're confident they will they will go with us so what i was going to say that i said i'd save for later is kudos to this cast because on my second watch if at any fucking moment in this movie you're looking in the background you will figure it out yeah there's so much going on in the background yeah that blew my mind when i watched it a second time all the clues are hidden in the background. You, you remember they show her drop the tape recorder into the one woman's purse. Birdie, I think Birdie's purse. Uh, yes, they show that that happens in the scene where you where they showed us that scene. Yeah. If you aren't looking straight at Kate Hudson, you will see her put a tape recorder into her purse. Really? I, it's there's so many. Like, again, if you're not looking straight at Ed Norton and Dave Bautista, he goes to hug him. You will see him take his gun out of his holster and put it in his own back pocket. Interesting. If you are not looking straight at Ed Norton when he's freaking out, pretending to freak out that Dave Bautista has died. Yeah. You will see that on the table in one shot is Dave Bautista's phone and they cut away to Blanc for one line cut back to ed norton and the phone is gone yeah yeah i mean ryan johnson is a master he he really didn't let a single detail through like it's so good i was listening to an interview with him he was on mark maron show and he was talking about how like basically you kind of do cheat the audience a little bit but not a lot like you because the 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 audience doesn't want to figure this out they think that they do but they don't so you have to make it in such a way that you think that they're on with you and that they can that they have a chance you make them feel that they have a chance yeah but you can alter this you can cheat it so that they never could have figured this out if they really wanted to the audience doesn't want to figure it out but they can't help themselves right so you have to like help them yeah 
save them from themselves. Right. Exactly. But uh, he was basically like, you know, you don't have to show everything. They, they, the audience feels like you have to somehow have shown everything so that if they rewatch it again, they can follow along and figure out who it is. And he's like, yeah, that's bullshit. You don't have to do that. You can put it, you can start it that way, but at a certain point, you can cheat. You just, because he's like, but because that's the entertainment value. It's not figuring out who it is. You're making a movie. It's the, it's the being led on a path from left to right and being led around. And also making it one thing that he does really well is making it so you don't have a lot of time to think about it. Which kind of leads me to the other big reveal about this story is that as Janelle, uh, um, Janelle Malone's, which, why can I not? No, man, not even close. Nope. Nope. Say it. For me, I don't Janelle know. Monet. Ma- Janelle Monet. Thank you. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Andy. Names are not my strong suit <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Ever. Except when we're not recording. And then, yeah, you remember everybody's name. Mine. Yours. That's all I need. Others. Uh, Janelle Monet's character is two characters. Yeah. She's playing her and her sister. Mm-hmm. That's like that moment where it's like. You there's no way you got that. Yeah, there's no way. Speaking of stuff in the background. Right. There's a lot of great stuff in the beginning, like when she comes up onto the beach. The first time you watch that scene where Ed Norton sees her on the beach for the first time, you think he's just sort of blown away by the fact that she showed up because they left on such bad terms or because he's actually in love with her or whatever. You watch it a second time. He looks like he's looking at a fucking ghost. And it's so weird. I was like, how did I not pick up on that? Yeah. But it's, it plays with your fucking head. And it in does. fact, when she you, you probably picked up on she uses a colloquialism that I had never heard before, where she said, like, you got a flat tire or something about his shoelace being untied. Yes. Yeah. There are during that scene. This is the exchange that happens. She says to him something like, "This rich people shit is weird." And he says something like, "Thank you. I don't know. I have occasionally put on the dog in my life, but this, this, this is stretching my stride-taking abilities." And she's like, "You're doing great." And then she holds out her hand and says, "I'm Andy." And it's like she is establishing, "Okay, now we're being the characters we're playing." Like right, it's so right. wild how. Right. And that's the thing is that he cuts the first time he cuts that scene right there. Right. So like the. That's where I'm saying it, where I think that's where he's bringing up like you don't have to the the audience doesn't have to know what's going on. He also calls her Helen at one point. He does? Yes. When? When they're all running around after Dave Bautista's murdered. Okay. He calls out to her, Helen. Really? Isn't that insane? Like you don't you notice just don't it. pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a brilliant move and and um She's great. I mean, the fact that she could kind of switch. Between I know. The two. I will say I'm not a big fan of her accent. As someone who's raised in the South, it's it's a little fishy. No, but. no, no. It's kind of. Other, but for this movie. Yeah, it's fine. It fits. It fits in the world. And the movie's so good. The acting's so good. I don't, I'd rather they not focus too much. I would much rather they do whatever work they did to make this film. Right. Than put all that time into perfecting an accent. Right. I think they were just like, let's we need to differentiate these characters 
characters in a big yeah. bad way because they look exact. They literally look exactly the same. Which I don't know that that's that big. I guess with flashbacks because I was going to say that's not like they're ever on screen at the same time. No, but, but I think I think they're just like let's figure it. Like you yeah. need to know if you're what we're do, what, what what's happening. So this is a fast. It's fast yeah, and yeah, yeah. easy. Just the way I likes it. Hot and ready. Fast and furious. Other things. <laughs> Greasy and cheesy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a completely different idea uh, subject, but the cameos in this, man. Okay. Uh, I, so I want to go into, uh, I, I do have like some notes that I haven't really gotten into. I don't have a whole lot, but one of my notes is the most famous people in this movie are in minute long cameos. Yes, they are. Yes, <laughs> Angela Lansbury, oh. Stephen Sondheim, oh. Natasha oh. Leone, Kareem Abdul Jafucking Bar. Yes. Ethan fucking Hawk, who evidently was filming Moon Knight while this was happening. He took his one day off and flew over to do his scene and then flew back to finish filming Moon Knight. Really? Hugh Grant. Serena Williams. <laughs> that was the best. It's very good. That it's a very good scene. I legit, when we watched that, I was like, that is the weirdest ad. It's so prominent. Like, why would you highlight it so obviously? Yeah. And why would you put Serena Williams in an ad? Oh, she's moving. <laughs> I, well, I, I just assumed it was, I mean, I think it, you were, uh, the, I assumed what you were meant to assume, which is like, oh, it's like one of these virtual things. Right. And like, it'll be a, it's like a masterclass and it's a big giant TV and he's you hit play and the video starts playing yeah because he does i mean throughout the movie he's name dropping like a motherfucker yeah so like i'm like and then also she turns the camera and starts talking and it's so weird like it's really (laughs) kind of off-putting you're like i know it's so awkward (laughs) the last ones i have are yo-yo ma did you (laughs) know that was him yes i know who you i've I've seen yo-yo ma Uh, the two half marvel care marvel actors are um jeremy renner oh yeah <laughs> which hits differently now and jared Leto. leno yes yeah and here's my favorite cameo and i don't know if you know this i think i think i know what okay. you're gonna say can i say it and see if it's the right one yes i it, honestly if you have another cameo it's this one okay so go ahead is it joseph gordon lovett it is yes joseph gordon lovett Levitt. is the Levitt. <laughs> ah, fucking. I, I, in my mind, I spell it correctly. Joseph Gordon Levitt is the, is the like, the dong shine. guy. It's the, the, he's the, the dong. dong. He's the dong. He's the dong. Uh, he's the dong. <laughs> fucking I mean, Jesus. Go, they go back. I mean, they've done two movies together. They, they did Brick and Looper together. So, they, uh, they've done more than that. Have they Brick? Looper. What other ones is Knives Out? Is he in Knives Out? And Star Wars. He has been in every single Ryan Johnson film. Where is he in Knives Out? He is a uh uh I I think that I vaguely remember it. Um but it's one of the characters is watching a video on a laptop and I can't I think it might be a cop show and you can hear him talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, everyone's in Star Wars. Yeah. I am. I'm not. You're in Daredevil. I am in Daredevil. Season three. I should That's watch baller. that. I should get around to watching that. Yeah, I should too. Actually, I should see if I can find you cowering you in a corner. I guarantee you can't. Yeah. I I know for a fact you can't. I bet I could. Uh, no, I mean literally. You could. I didn't even see the camera. I don't know where. It I is. bet I could. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> well, How about it, buddy? Uh, here's a note that I really liked. The reason Miles knows that Duke is allergic to pineapple is because he asks for any quote dietary restrictions in the envelope. Yes, at the beginning. 
there's a whole section on the end invi- and the invitation that's, that's right. played for laughs that's like oh, that's please true. forward any dietary restrictions i just love janelle monae's <laughs> introduction where everyone's they spend this whole 10 minutes opening the box and it, it's the most brilliant thing it's, it's just so like, I'm just gonna fucking hammer this thing out like this is stupid yeah i mean as a carpenter a hammer would not i i would thought she was gonna a saw would have done it a hammer would not have been able to open one of those boxes unfortunately but it was still fun i still had fun Uh, well she had two tools she had a hammer and she had pure anger so i think those two things together (laughs) she had had goggles you're just watching (laughs) the bits come goggles i love that too a thousand percent some some like tech director on set was like you gotta give her goggles if she's gonna be hammering all this shit up because there's like glass and shit in it oh my gosh there's beads flying everywhere Mm. just the because you're watching it and you see like most of the mysteries but you're like when she's hammering you're like what the fuck happened here and yeah. that thing there yeah. what was that yeah, supposed to be sure. what is this yeah. thing i wanted I, I wanted like a squirrel to come out just like <laughs> just but the like goggles leave. absolutely added to it it was very funny it's she looks great with the goggles great. and the hammer it's so funny good. so good oh here's a uh, a thing that i liked detective blanc says some of the clues in the fake mystery remember he solves the mystery at the at the dinner table yes he yeah. says that some of them are some of the clues for that are superfluous and clumsy and also some of the clues that ryan johnson gives us are also superfluous and clumsy yeah like there's a whole scene i saw a youtuber talk about this not like before the fake mystery before the game there's a scene where there's a mirror in the background and you can see the jewel like you, the, in the mirror, you can see the magazine that has Kate Hudson on it with the the jewel on her head. Right, and it's right, just right. sitting in. It's all you can see in this mirror in the background, and it's well lit. It's made for you to see it, and then it has nothing to do with anything. Right, right. Which I just liked. There, are, there it's are a distractions. Red herring. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There are yeah. red herrings, which is cool. Rothko's number 207, which is a, a work of art, is hung upside down in Miles's home because he's an idiot. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's hung upside down the entire time. What else is here? I love how. Oh, here's a good one. I love how close they stick to Miles stealing every idea because like he steals the idea uh, for the murder from Blanc himself. Yeah, he steals the idea for the glass onion from a failing bar and he even steals the idea of burning the napkin from Lionel. He even points to Lionel after he does it like Lionel's like, you didn't burn the envelope. Why did you keep it? And Janelle Monet is like, I've got it. I've got the proof. And then he burns it. And after it burns, he points to Lionel's like, huh? Did it. I did it. Other, I've heard criticisms as well. This is my last note. Okay. I've heard a lot of criticisms about this as well, that halfway through this movie, it turns into a different movie. 1000% disagree. I, here's the thing. I agree, but I don't care. That's the thing. I don't think it's a different movie. I don't think it's a different movie. I think what I think is happening is that people don't like the, oh, it's a twin sister so we're just going to now go back to the beginning of the movie and reveal it's been a twin sister the whole time. And this is how it all. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. a, there's kind of a hand holding, which I kind of get. But I don't I don't care yeah. that much. Like, I, again, I enjoyed this movie enough that I was like, I, I'm just with you for the ride. Whatever ride this is, I'll go with you. on. Yeah, it. I agree. And in fact, it harkens back to the description. Yo-Yo Ma gives a description of what a fugue is and about how there are different layers Where's, on top of each yes. other that add to the whole. Yeah, that's what this is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, it wasn't it was both 
surprising that Edward Norton is like the killer, mm-hmm. but also not like he makes total sense. And why would he send somebody to do his dirty work when he can just do it himself? Yeah, of course, he's the guy. He's the most villainous guy in this entire spot. Yeah. And then it turns out he's the villain. So, mm-hmm. it, so in that regard, it was not surprising. But at the same time, I went with you on such a ride that when we get there, I'm like, oh, shit, that's that. Yeah. So I was right. OK. But I, I was still kind of surprised that I was right because I was so wrong so many times along the way yeah. that it still feels satisfying. Also, I uh, love the idea that since we got such a traditional murder mystery in the first Knives Out, the way this one goes, it's less about Benoit Blanc solving a mystery. Mm-hmm. And so the conclusion is about Janelle Monet's character getting resolution yeah. for what you know for this injustice and that's her story and that's the only way this could have ended and i was like it's not the big like ta-da reveal that you expect from a murder mystery but i got that in the last movie so i like that they're doing something different here and they're playing with form there's also a bit of a purloined letter thing happening which i really appreciate i don't know if you're are you familiar with the purloined letter i've heard the phrase but i don't know what it is so it's based on a book and the whole point of the book is that this like there's this murderer and uh, they caught him. They caught the guy, but they have no evidence. They just like basically have a hunch or like somebody said he did it. Right. So the police are tearing this guy's room apart, looking for, uh, you know, a hidden safe behind all of his art. They're tearing up the upholstery. They're ripping up the carpet, looking for hidden things under the fucking floorboards and shit. They're tearing down all the drywall, looking in the walls, trying to find any hollow spaces they can, checking under his bed, looking through his pillowcases. They can't find anything. So they call this master detective in. And he comes in and he takes a little look around and then he goes, you guys didn't touch his desk at all. And he walks over and picks up the only letter sitting on his desk. And it is a letter where he has said everything that he has done, essentially. (laughs) So like the purloined letter is the story about how like. You can look for shit hidden, but stuff is in plain sight, too. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that that's sort of what's happening in here is that like we're all looking like, oh, as soon as the murder happened. And they couldn't find the gun or the phone. I was like, whiskey did it because she runs over to him immediately. Right. And she's like crying over him. And then they're like, wait, where's his gun? Where's his phone? And I was like, oh, she took it. Yeah. And I was 100 percent certain. And then it's like, no, fucking course she didn't do it. He did it. And in fact, there's a parallel to Blanc talks about the uh, napkin being hidden in plain sight the same way that Ed Norton is. Right. And that's the thing is that I, I what I love about this is instead of just going like, who could have possibly done it? They put like you said, they put him in plain sight and they make it so obvious that at first you're like that. Like for me, when Dave Batista died, I was like, oh, Edward Norton did it because he just seems the most obvious person. Yeah. And then but at this point. One, because of the first movie, but also, two because of where we've been going with this. Ryan Johnson is now in my head. And so because he's gotten into my head, I go, nope, I can't possibly be right. I know. Well, and additionally, he makes his own drink. You yes. see him make his own drink and then go over and then Dave Bautista takes a drink and dies. Right. Right. It's and you, so obvious. You watch it happen. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he killed him. Yeah. And then all of it. And I'm like, but that can't be. It can't be that easy. Yeah. And so then you watch and he takes us on this wild ride of like, it's this person or that person or this or that thing. And the whole time. So I'm going, oh, no, I'm wrong. It's this person. No, it's not that. Per- no. OK, so I was wrong. It was this person. And then it turns out I'm right. But I'm surprised that I was right. Yeah. You know, and that as much as, you know, being surprised at. 
that I was wrong, it's just as much a surprise either way for me. Yeah. You know, you still get uh, the reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this movie. This was, this was fantastic. Yeah, I, they really could good. do a thousand of these. Yeah. I'm totally. I think this. they're planning on doing three. They're doing a third. They are already in for a third. Let me ask before we get on, go on to the reading assignment, I had one last question about this for you. Do you think that Netflix missed a beat by not putting this in theaters? I know they put it in for like a week or something, but like giving it a full theatrical run. Was this a mistake? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know that there's enough people willing to go out and pay $30 to see a Knives Out sequel. Right. As good as it is, as good as the first one was, it's just not, especially with fucking... I hate to say it because I love these movies, Mm -hmm. but it is a fucking competitive world right now with fucking you already had Star Wars, DC and Marvel. Now fucking James Cameron is putting in seven more Avatar movies. Right. But I I think this serves as a really good alternative. Like if you it does, if you're like, I don't and I'm not saying like this would have taken like just stormed to number one at the box office and like made a bazillion dollars. But I think I think Netflix missed a slight beat that this came out in theaters. God, when the fuck was this? Was this in October? I think no. Basically, but, uh, <laughs> no. Was it November? It might it have the been. Of it came to Netflix like, mid December. Right. So I think it was like early November when they did like a little run, like a week long run. Yeah, or it was one week. And probably the only reason they did that was for uh, Oscar nominations. Yeah, because you can. Yeah, you have to have a run in it. Too. Yeah. But they have their own. The- it's a whole. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but see, I think they could have run this. They could have run this the whole month before Avatar came out. And I think they kind of would have had the market to themselves. I'm not, I can't remember what happened before Avatar, both in my personal life and yeah. just <laughs> there was nothing before it. So, yeah. but I think they could have run this like before Avatar or give Avatar the opening weekend that it's definitely going to have and then run this the next weekend. And you're not going to beat Avatar, but what you get is like everyone going like the all the people that are like, I don't want to see Avatar. You know what I mean? I don't want to go. I do. I disagree that that would be a good idea because there aren't that many people who say who who say I don't want to see Avatar who are looking for an alternative to Avatar, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, because it's not just about what's happening right now, especially with the recession and with inflation. It's like I've got enough money to see like four movies this year. Right. Is this going to be one of them? Fair. That's fair. But I think see. I think they missed a beat by do. I'm not saying again. I don't think this would have been number one at the box office and made it a billion dollars. But I think I'm not really sure what their logic was was for running it for one week, then waiting a month and a half, and then putting it on Netflix. Like I, I really feel like they could have. This is a better movie than Netflix normally puts on their streaming service. Mm-hmm. I agree. And with that. so they could have definitely given this a proper run and made some coins. I think as well, though, calling it like a, a mistake on Netflix's part, even if it is a mistake, I feel like as well, movie theaters kind of have to sign off on that, too. And I again, I'm, I'm not super sure what's in theaters at the time or what was in theaters at the time. Right. But I I wonder if there was hesitation from AMC, Regal and other movie theaters to be like, well, what am I going to take away? Like, that's another theater that could show like if this came out in 
mid-December. Right. That's another theater that could show Avatar, which is like still selling out. Yeah, you know? but I think the first Knives Out was a big enough movie that it it would have garnered enough it would have garnered enough attention and enough of an audience for people to to spend money on it and to go like yeah for the theaters to go yeah this is definitely one I would I mean it's got a bazillion stars yeah one of which is foremost Daniel Craig and like ten Marvel actors and ten Marvel <laughs> actors you know what I mean so I think this has the I agree I just think I think in my perfect world. We will eventually get to a point where certain types of movies cost less, yeah. even at the same time. Like, I can either go see Avatar for $35, or I can see the next Knives Out film for 10 Right. And I think in that world, it's a good idea. Yeah. But if Avatar costs the same amount as Glass Onion, I, I don't know that it's a good idea. Uh, see, I still would have seen this. I mean, it's a beautifully shot movie as well. I would not have gone to see it in theaters. I would have definitely gone to see this in theaters. I would not have. I yeah. wouldn't have given it that big a chance. I'd have been like, oh, I'll catch it at some other point. No, I think, I mean, listen, all right, with two kids, with two toddlers right now, would I have probably gotten a chance? No. But like if I, uh, but I definitely would have wanted, I would have been like, that is a movie I want to go see in the theater. Yeah. Because even something like Megan is coming out and people are giving incredible reviews to that. We, we, joked about it i don't even remember if it was on air but we joked about going to see it because i think it looks awful right it's getting fucking fantastic reviews from people right it's evidently not what people were expecting i'm not gonna go see it though (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not just because we both have kids honestly for me it's more about the money like what else could i spend this money on it's a lot of money to go see a movie now yeah but see i'm willing to see it Uh, i knowing it's ryan johnson knowing it's this cast knowing it's it's a knives out sequel which is a sequel to a movie i really enjoyed i'll spend that money i'll spend 35 bucks on this i might now that ryan johnson is becoming more of one of my favorite directors i might i might be more inclined to see the third one in theaters if it comes out right and that's what i mean like i enjoy these movies so if i enjoy this these movies i will i'll spend 35 bucks i know it's a lot of money but but that's the other thing i know going into this i'm probably gonna like this yeah you know the other difference is that i'm gonna have to spend 70 dollars because my fiance is gonna want to (laughs) come that's true too yeah let's go on to the reading assignment shall we let's all right chris yes our good friend gail simone wrote a book about the most terrifying thing on the planet my god scientologists Fuck God. <laughs> That's a, I wrote that while we were recording because I didn't get to take notes on this because I was busy reading it. That's totally fine. Yeah. No, I'm. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, the Fresner actually threw us this reading That's assignment. Right. Yeah. On Twitter. It's for Gail Simone's The Clean Room because we had just done Leaving Megalopolis and he was like, hey, mm-hmm. listen, if you and like both that. of us said we'd never read anything by her. Right. And, and she's he's like, you got to read this thing. Yeah. What did you think of this? I mostly like it i mostly like it too yeah i like it uh i don't know if i I, here's the thing it's not that i there are parts of this i dislike i'm just so disturbed by this yes a thousand percent this is what i started to say uh when we were talking about it last time maybe two weeks ago i was like it it a lot of it reminds me of something is killing the children Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like extremely sexual like rapey yep demon rape stuff yep. that i'm like i don't know I, and i get that it's it is trying to make me feel disgusted right but i also don't like feeling disgusted right like i don't like feeling like oh my god you know uh, and i think it might be a little 
too much in that direction for me. So it's Gazamone and John Davis Hunt. All right. So just to set this up, basically, the story is we open on a young girl with her family and she's walking down the street and some truck driver decides to hit this kid with a truck. This is how the story starts. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like the first page. Yeah. Hits this kid. It's a little German a, kid. Little German kid. And uh, and this truck driver is like, I'm a fucking. This fucking runs her over. Fucking run this kid over. I'm a fucking. Um, runs this kid over it. And then backs up. And look, we've. Hey, I also want to point out, we've all been there. True. True. We've all seen a little German kid on the street and been like, oh, I could just fucking. That fucker I could do right it. here. I could just see I could this do fucker. It. That's who deserves to get it. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, hits a little German kid with his truck, then backs up to yeah. try and do it again. And then she wakes up and all of a sudden she can see things. Let's just say things yeah. of some sort. And then flash forward to present day and there's a reporter who, uh, oh, sorry, the little girl is now grown up and now she's like a, I'm trying to think of a good figure. Jared Leto. That's who you would compare this to? Yes. This cult-like figure who has a following that is undeniable and yet completely perplexing. Yeah, actually, (laughs) you're right. It does. It fits Jared Leto. She's like this guru now, basically. And there's a reporter whose fiancé got very into her. It got very into the girl's teachings, read the book, and blew his brains out. And she's going, well, something's going on here. And I'm going to get to the bottom well, of it. Well, and, and another and a friend of theirs does as well. Oh, right? that's like, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, I'm getting to the bottom of this and why this happened. And from there, it opens up to a whole bunch of weird shit from there. Because it turns out there's demons or angels or something. Uh, something, yeah. Something. Uh, this is kind of like They Live. If you remember the movie They Live. Do you know that movie? No, we've talked about it and you suggest it frequently, but I've never seen it. They Live is Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that phrase. Yeah, you sure did. But, uh, I can't believe I evoked Roddy Roddy Piper on the podcast. <laughs> but They Live is about Roddy Roddy Piper who plays a guy who finds a pair of sunglasses and when he puts them on, he can see that there is an alien invasion going on like behind the scenes of everything, right? And that's basically kind of what this is. Like this girl gets hit by this truck and is now open to being able to see all these demons and everything that are all around living among us. I, like I said, like this, but I, it's so disturbing. It gets really under your skin that I could see people, why people would really love this. I, I, I'm like, oh God, this is so, it gets kind of cringy. Um, a lot. The art is amazing. Like the art is incredible, which is one of the reasons it's so cringy because they go into a lot of detail. But also it is, I don't want to say denser, but it's a little slower than the pace is a little slower than a lot of the stuff we've been reading lately, which is not to say that it's slowly paced. It's just, it does, but it does take its time to really like explain what's going on. I mean, I got, I read, the first volume and started the second one by the end of the first volume you kind of know what's going on i kind of spoil oh by the way spoilers for the clean room oops we didn't really spoil anything by the end of the first volume you kind of know what's going on but like you still don't you know what i mean i'm two volumes in and i just started the third and it's the same yeah it really moves at this very I'll say meticulous pace. Yeah. You know? I don't know that meticulous is the word that I would use. Okay. What would you use? Because it's not complex. 
That's it's true. not like That's setting fair. stuff stuff. It's not like Glass Onion where like every single thing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The details are extremely important. It's setting things up very carefully. It's just um, I'm gonna level with you. It's a little slow, and I think the word slow gets used in a negative way a lot. I don't think it's that big. I, for me, I really like fast things that like, I'm like, come on, let's get to the end. But we have yeah, reached my limit pizzas. where yeah. I know, but we have reached my limit where like, I remember, I don't remember what it's called. Like King of spies, right? We both were like, right. eh, it's a little too fast. And yeah. even that for me was, I was like, yeah, it's a little, it's, it could slow down and sort of live in this world a little longer. So there are, Pros and cons to both. There's a way to do both. Glass Onion, I would say, is also extremely slow, but that is meticulous as well. I think this is it's it's the weirdest part about this for me. And every time I read it, I think this because I've been sort of doing it in chunks. Every time I start reading it, I'm like, this is something that I would recommend to me. This is something that <laughs> like, yeah, it, uh, that like I would think, oh, Andrew would like this. Right. But I'm just and I do. But it's not on the level that I don't I don't even know that I can put my finger on it. There's something about it that I'm just not I'm not invested yet. It's good. That's I think that's where I'm getting. Yeah. What I'm getting to a lot of the characters. I'm like, yeah, okay. They all feel almost three dimensional, but they're not quite there. The relationships don't quite feel genuine to me mm-hmm. they almost feel genuine right it's, i don't know what it is yeah i don't know i think it's one of those things where i'm like i still don't know where this is going and yeah and, but at the same time i'm it, it hasn't hit a point where i'm going i like the fact that i don't know where i'm going you know what i mean like yeah. i, I kind of want so in a story what, I, what i'm really looking for is like give me a sense of like what the main huge arc of this like at the end when the when the final panel happens on this book what are we building towards and then from there so i know kind of the direction we're heading we're heading due northeast but then if we're veering to the north or to the east or we turn around a little bit or something then that's fun but this i'm like i don't even know what this is building to and and I say that after like that's fine if you're like two issues three issues in and we're still kind of and then all after issue three it's like actually what you've been reading up towards is that this is what's going on but I'm a full volume in and I'm like what is this building towards like what is I yeah I know again, that she's I'm, trying I'm to two re- volumes in yeah and that's the thing like the reporter says pretty upfront like I'm taking this woman down. Like the what the guru woman, she's like, I'm taking this woman down. And I'm like, OK, so I see where you're building towards. Right. But I don't know what the guru woman is building towards. Right. But like, like, the, I don't know what her end game and is. what the overall narrative, like what the collective characters are eventually going to try to overcome. Right. Well, like, what's the spine of this? How is this all? How are all our characters going to kind of culminate right. on this one thing? And I don't know what what that is. And so it, beca- it I think the one of the, the pacing of it feels slow, mainly because of that, because I'm like, well, why did I, where, 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 where am I going with this? I watched something happen and it was compelling or graphic or disturbing. But why did I watch it happen? Like, where are we now? How are we at a different point in the plot than we were at the beginning of the scene? Simply because I watched this happen. I don't I still don't know. I think, frankly, as well, another way to word that is I am skeptical that all of these 
horrible graphic things we keep seeing mm-hmm. that I will at the end go, oh, that's why it was worth looking at. Well, and like, that's why they're doing it, because to me, it's just like, what are they doing? Why? Yeah. Why do yeah, this? Yeah. Why not just come to Earth? Like, I don't know, whatever you're doing, yeah. why not just take over? I, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know who they are, which is fine. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know who they are and I don't know what they want. And I don't need to know both of those things, but I kind of need to know one of them by now. Yeah. By the end of the first volume, I need to know one. If you don't want to tell me exactly if they're angels or they're demons or they're aliens or whatever. Right. Then just tell me what they want. Well, but specifically as well, we talk about this with like acting a lot, too. That like your character needs an objective. Right. It feels like they're just fucking around. Yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. feels like whatever these things are just like, ha ha ha. Right. I, I made this little girl say that I was going to eat some dead woman's vagina out. Or right. Whatever. Like, uh, OK. I right. guess. Right. And but here's the thing. And even with that, if their objective is like, no, we think we're better than you. So we're just going to fuck around for a while. Like, but then clearly state like this is what they do. They go in. Even that do- for me, I don't think that would do it for me because I'm like, OK, who gives a shit? Right. But at the same time, I'm like, all right. So at least I know, like, clearly. Sure. They've made a I definitive guess. statement of like what this is. But whereas I haven't even gotten that. I agree with you. It does. It does feel like they're just like fucking around. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like. They're supposed to be doing there's some there's supposed to be some sort of bigger thing going on. Yeah. But I but they don't make it clear. And I'm not really sure why they don't state. What it. is it? I feel like there's a comic or something that like the more afraid you are, the more powerful the thing. Oh, is it it? That's probably what I'm thinking of. They're like the reason it is so scary. Pennywise is so scary is because it feeds off of your fear. It makes them stronger. So I'm like, is that like that's kind of the only thing this could be right it's like the more disgusted you are in something the stronger they get i guess right 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 yeah yeah that's that's totally fine and like i said if they if they had you know if whatever these things are we're like no you know what we're here to do we're gonna fuck you up because we're better than you then at least if they said it, I'm like, OK, all right. So that I'm not saying it's a good plot. Right, point. right. But at least it's I'm it's, just saying it's something. at least it progresses I'm, the story forward. Exactly. Exactly. Right now, it just feels like we're sitting. We're just sitting like we're just sitting in like stagnant yeah. water. I also think that like one of the things that this doesn't do that stories like something is killing the children. I think even Paper Girls is kind of tonally familiar to this like Mm -hmm. sort of aesthetically similar Mm -hmm. and i think something that those stories do really well that this one hasn't done yet is is it'll start to drag a little bit and then there's just like a fucking huge right turn that you're like holy shit there's a mech fighting a giant lizard or some shit right 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 uh, and it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't really have any of those like giant, like. Just when you think you know what the story of Paper Girls is, it takes off in a different direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this doesn't seem to do that. Yeah. It, it seems like it, I don't know if it, I mean, the art does that. But it doesn't take the story in that direction. Like just right. when you you're you're reading along and then all of a sudden you flip a page and you're like, oh, my God, that guy's face is upside down. Or right. You know what I mean? Like it, it has that impression. But, then but that's when you, closer to like a jump scare. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that Then you think about it and you're like, oh, but actually we didn't really go anywhere, though. That was right. just very disturbing to look at. Again, I think it's worth reading. It is. I think because I think there I definitely think that there are people who will like this and I don't it's one of those ones where I'm like no I could see why people would like this yeah 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 it's not really For up sure. my alley necessarily yeah I shouldn't even say that because I did kind of like this right it, that's so it's so difficult for me to put this into words because it's like 
almost there. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost something I love. <laughs> yes. It's one of those things. It, all right. Let me put it this way, because I don't know if volume three is the I don't know if this is done or not. Yeah, I don't know either. And that's the thing. It's like if this was a series, if someone was like, oh, Gail Simone just finished up Clean Room. It's four volumes. It's great. You should read it. If I knew, OK, there's an end to this and I will get to the end to this, then I would probably stick with this. Like, I, I you know, right now I'm like, I read the first volume. I feel like I don't still don't know where I'm going. I'm into the second volume. I still don't know. feel like I don't, I know where I'm going and I don't know where this is going to end. It's not like right now. I'm like, no, I'll wait. I'll just wait till it ends. And then maybe I'll pick it yeah. up again. Cause I don't, I, I just this. did a quick search for uh clean room volume four and nothing is coming up. Not even like, I was just looking for like, ah, it's, she's working on it or maybe they're still releasing this issue will be part of clean, you know, volume four or whatever, but there's nothing coming up. So it might be over. Cause yeah, I'm in the third volume and I, I even there's, so there's a part, this is a small spoiler, but it's not a big spoiler. There's a part in the middle of the second volume. This is when I was reading it when we were talking about Megalopolis and I just wanted to read clean room to sort of get an idea of more of uh, Gail Simone's stuff. And I kept waiting for the moment where I fell in, where I would fall in love with this and it didn't really show up. I got halfway through the second volume and there's a part where you're introduced to two new characters who are not related to any organization you're familiar with. It just sort of cuts to these two guys who learn about something that happened and they're like, oh, that's very interesting. And then they go, well, time to get back to work. And they turn and they are like they're clearly like politicians or something who are now in like a BDSM room whipping people with right. with like ball gags in their mouths and I'm like what is this what is going on and I literally like I got to that shot that panel and I was just like that's ah, enough of that like I, I was right. like I'm I don't know like I don't know how many times I can keep doing this like ah but it's all sexual deviancy and I'm like okay I guess yeah it looks like so Gail Simone said this is like the first season. So it looks like volume one, two and three is kind of the end. Gotcha. And then maybe she'll pick it up with some other. Then we'll have a House of Slaughter spinoff or something. Right. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. So it looks like volume one, two and three is kind of the end. So I don't know. Maybe I'll stick with it because I, yeah. I can kind of get through it somewhat fast. All right. So uh, we should say as well, before we move on, it was published by Vertigo in 2016. That's the only note I have. And there you I go. didn't even say it. <laughs> there you go. Let's see. You I gave you Levy Megalopolis. This was given by the Fresner. So technically it's your turn. Oh, sweet. Do you have something? Uh, I, I, how oh, do I want to do this? I had two that I was thinking of. Okay. That are not comics. Okay. I think I'm going to go all in for this. I don't oh, know boy. where you can find it. What are you doing? Today? There is a movie that I have talked about a Wrote lot. Wrote the book on building a team. Oh, you know what's funny? I didn't write this in my notes, but I did think about it. Glass Onion. Yeah. Is very reminiscent of that to me because it does a really good job of assembling of a team. Of course it is. Of course. Of course I, at one does. point, like in the beginning, when they're like waiting for the boat and they all are getting out of their cars and Duke's riding in on a motorcycle, yeah. I was like, this is writing the book on assembling a team. My gosh. This is so really great. good. Amazing. No, not that one. But so, okay. So if you're listening to this, probably I have started putting out a series of videos that will be for nobody except me. And I don't know why I'm doing this. It is the top 101 
best Bob Dylan lyrics. Okay, so what's the what's the reading assignment? Where is this going? Am I the reading assignment is to watch your videos? <laughs> you pompous son of a bitch! Is to listen to Bob Dylan's entire discography. No, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a God. movie that is written by him, written by Bob Dylan. Okay, it's called Masked and Anonymous. Masked. Uh, past tense? Yes. Or masks, plural? A uh, Past tense. Masked okay. and anonymous. Okay. It is just famously panned by critics. It's it's horrible reviews. Everybody fucking hated it. I watched it and I thought this and is... And you're like, and I want you to watch it. I, I want you to suffer with me. No, I, yeah. I watched it and I thought this is fucking fantastic. One of the main monologues I do in when I audition for stuff is from it. It's Giovanni Ribisi's like one uh, one of two lines that he has in the entire thing. I have heard of this. Okay. And um, I think it's fantastic. The cast is incredible. And uh, I think I want it to coincide with this series of videos coming out. Okay, great. All right. So I would like you to watch that. All right. I can do that. All right. All right. All right. Well, there you go. There it is. Yeah, there it is. All right. Oh, uh, hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. If you don't want to wait, if you want to, we already said it, but hot and ready. You want a hot and ready podcast episode? It's eight in the morning every Tuesday. You jump the fuck on there and listen right at soundcloud.com slash the media lunch break. You can also find us on Twitter where our handle is at media lunch break. We actually just uh, well, it hasn't technically happened as we're recording this, but by the time that it goes uh, live, I actually forgot to do something. Fuck a doodle do. It's all right. Uh, By the time this episode airs. Someone on Twitter will have won a a pint glass set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I meant to post it as we started recording and then see if somebody won by the end of recording. But I forgot to do that. So congratulations to whoever won that. Uh, And if you want uh, more chances at getting some giveaways, getting some free stuff mailed to you, Hop on over to our Twitter. Again, our handle is at Media Lunch Break. Our Facebook, our Instagram, where our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. You know, our TikTok, where our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. We're also on YouTube. We're putting out videos. There's probably a series of Bob Dylan videos for some fucking reason. I I don't know why. I want this channel to fail, I guess. It's the only reason I can th- I can think. I don't know. Because Andrew hates all of you just as much as he hates himself. I legitimately, just to encourage you to watch these videos, I legitimately went through all the Bob Dylan songs that I like that are in my place. Hundreds of songs. And put all of my favorite, every lyric that I liked, I put in a spreadsheet. And then I whittled it down to 101 and I organized them in order of significance of which ones I think are the best. So if you like the sound of that, the way that you organize your time is fascinating. I don't know how I have any time. Not sure either. It's so weird. Yeah, I do not understand it, but uh, I'm going to film those. I'm going to break it up in chunks. And then at the end, there's going to be one big video. So. Yeah. Let's fucking okay. do it, I guess. Let's 
Let's fucking go. If you are a masochist, head on over to youtube.com slash the media lunch break to watch those videos. You can also find us on patreon.com slash the media lunch break, where um, if you would like to pay me to not do this, we're open to that idea, too. I mean, it's probably already been done, but if you pay me on Patreon, I'll never do it again. So, yeah, might as well. I don't know what you've got to lose other than like a dollar, because that's all it takes is like one dollar. And and that's and and he'll stop and I'll stop. I'll never fucking do it again. I will never put out a one hundred and one best Bob Dylan lyrics video ever again. But stay tuned for Andrew's one hundred and one best sticks lyrics. coming up. Do they have that many songs? They have that many lyrics. That's right. Yeah, you're not wrong. So there you go. Yeah. I would like to do that with a band like the Postal Service. I think they only released one album. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I would yeah. just have to like, it would be each line. Uh, just, I would just rank each line of every yeah. song. <laughs> Let's see. Where else? Where are we at? You can also send us an email, themedialunchbreak at gmail.com or visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud or YouTube. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. Who uh, is in town. Oh. And uh, uh, presumably at least one of us has hung out with her. I'm going to talk to you about seeing if you can come meet with us. And finally, okay. the three of us, the trifecta, will be complete. Mm. Yes. So if you're listening to this, it's made, it's already happened, probably. Yep, probably. Yeah, as Andrew said, you can leave a rating and a review, and uh, you can do a write-in app, actually. It really does help things out. This week, like I said before, if you leave a five-star rating... You can leave whatever kind of review you want in there. This week, if you leave a five-star rating, you leave your 100 and best REO Speedwagon lyrics. <laughs> Just select a band. I don't care. Go for it. Rush. Let's do Rush. Because those people come out in droves for that shit. Yeah. Tell if your friend if your friend is a Rush fan, tell them they now have a platform that it's opened themselves up to writing down the 101 greatest Rush lyrics. And they'll come right out. They'll leave all sorts of ratings just just to be able to say their piece. Let's do that. Uh, let's see. We did uh, Glass Onion. Uh, next week is going to be the best damn day of the week, Tuesday, Newsday. And then following that up with something else that I haven't figured out yet. Because there's not anything until Ant-Man, I think. So we'll figure something out there. But that being said, since I'm saying I don't quite know what yet. If you have something... That you want us to talk about, send it over to us. Uh, we're always looking for suggestions. If there's something you want us to talk about, you just saw something, you saw a movie, you saw a TV show, you read about the 101 greatest Bob Dylan lyrics, and you want us to debate it, don't send that one over, please. For the love of God, why did I say that out loud? But send it over. If you have an idea of like, you're like, hey, I just saw this thing. You guys need to see it. You guys need to talk about it. Send it over. If you have an idea for a reading assignment, like the Fresner did, where you heard us talk about one thing and you're like, oh, I read that. That's not what you should be reading. This is the thing. This right here. I assigned you this reading assignment. Send it over. We'll do it. Right. Um, if you're a creator, you made something. You wrote a comic. You shot a movie. You made a pilot for something. You want us to put some ears, some eyes. You want us to give some thoughts on it and point people towards where they can find it for you. Send it over to us. We always love doing that stuff. But that's pretty much it. There it is, man. We did it. We did it. We did a thing. There wasn't a thing. And look at that. Now there is. And that's how easy it is. 
That's how easy it is to go make a thing. So if you're listening to this, go out there. Go make a thing. You can do it. You can do it. Believe me. Just like Rob Schneider always says. There's a reference. That is a reference and a half (laughs) right there. Uh, That's it. There it is. There you go. Give a live update of a thing that happened now a week ago. Ready? Uh, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once is kind of cleaning up. Michelle Yeoh won. Yeah, I'm shocked. Uh, I think Daniel Craig lost. Oh, okay. Uh, they haven't was announced. Was Ryan that. Johnson up for anything, or was Glass Onion up for like? I best think picture, it was or? just it was up for best, probably musical or comedy. Uh, they haven't announced that one yet, but they did announce best actor in a That's musical. That's something too. I heard uh, someone gave a review of the Glass Onion that was like, "Ah, oh, it's a horrible movie." One of the things they said was, "This is not a murder mystery; it's a murder comedy." And I, I don't think it's a comedy. Uh, I think it if you're if you're putting it in a category where you're separating comedy or drama, I would put this more in the comedy. That's funny. I disagree. I think it has jokes. I think it's funny, but I think it's a drama first and foremost. I think you're a drama first and foremost. I think you are an idiot. Oh, well, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. Do I need braces? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. I've been meaning to tell you this for about six years. I've I've been looking at you like this. Well, you would know, too. I've seen your smile. It's perfect. Ah. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Is that the end? Is that did we do it? Is that the end? I can only hope so. Uh, It's just like I've always said on this show. Mm hmm. Making copies. Oh, no, 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 no.